We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 11 yards shy of the record. Williams breaks the hole. Williams, hello, record book. Ricky Williams runs to the Hall of Fame. Touchback. Ricky Williams, touchdown. Young from the shotgun. Back to throw. Vince looks. Under pressure. He'll tuck it in run. Vince to the five. Young. Touchdown, Texas. Touchdown, Vince Young. He's done it again. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Longhorn Country Podcast. I am your host, Adam Glick, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Michael Gresser. Mike, we are officially eight days away from Week Zero football and then 15 days away from the season opener. How excited are you? I can feel it flowing through my veins right now. I was just gonna say the same thing. My nerves are my nerves are flowing. I can feel that it's right around the corner. We're one week away from week zero, two weeks away from September third when UL Monroe comes to Darrell K. Royal. So I'm super pumped. You know, I'm eating up these fall camp reports every day. Love that we get to talk about what's going on uh, at in in Texas and across the country. So you know, I'm just super excited. Can't wait to get the season started. Yeah, and it will be super, super exciting. It's the best sport on the planet, no doubt about it. Mike, as always with the Texas Longhorns, big news dropping every single day, and it feels timely to record this podcast. So you guys will be listening it, listening to it hopefully tomorrow on Saturday, August 20th, but August 19th, Friday here, Mike, Texas finally names their starting quarterback for this 2022-2023 season of college football. Quinn Ewers, who we thought before camp, you know, with all the talent and the five-star prospect transfer from Ohio State, was going to be the starter. But then there were some things, some rumors, some reports out of camp that maybe they were trending towards Hudson Carve. Here we are, honestly, a little shell-shocked about the decision before the scrimmage on Saturday. I thought they were going to do the scrimmage and then see who does better and probably make a decision then. But as you mentioned off the show, when you're talking in our group chat, Mike is it was probably a better choice by coach Steve Sarkeesian to make the decision before the scrimmage. So the guys know and you get comfortable under him. So what are your overall takeaways from Quinn Ewers being named the starter for the Texas Longhorns? Yeah, well, I gotta be honest. I'm a little shocked at him given kind of what we've heard uh, throughout this week. I mean, Reports started flowing uh, this week that maybe this is Hudson Card's battle to lose and maybe Ewers isn't going to be the guy week one. But Sark kind of put all those rumors to bed today, announcing uh, Quinn Ewers as a starter. Um, if you told me there was a chance before fall that Ewers wasn't going to be the starter, I thought Ewers 
been crazy because like it was kind of assumed by everyone uh, from the moment that he was committed to Texas that he was going to be the guy and you know I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I kind of bought into the rumors that maybe it was card because you know Ewers was handpicked by Sark and he's really that perfect quarterback that Sark needs in order to fully run his offense if if card was the guy Sark would not be able to do all the things that he he wants to be able to do in his offense Ewers gives him that capability to open up the playbook a little bit more and do the things that Sark wants to do in this offense and we kind of all expect that it's going to be pretty rough at the start. I mean, he might not be ready right now, but he still has all the talent in the world. He has all the upside in the world. Eventually, if he develops correctly, it could be very special for Sarkeesian. You know, I think it's I think it's smart of him to roll with Quinn, get him just make him just face the adversity early on in the season, let him develop on his own, and then probably hopefully make it work out in the end. Yeah, Mike, I think you bring up a great point that he's going to face adversity. He's going to go through the growing pains like any true freshman quarterback goes through at the college level. But if you went with Hudson Carr, you always have that worry in the back of your mind that if he struggles, you have to switch quarterbacks, kind of similar situation of last year. And then the kind of just the team collapses underneath itself. And it's a whole big mess. When you put yours, he at the starting quarterback position, you have all this potential that he is the guy for the future. And the goal is not to beat Alabama. It is to make a Big 12 championship this year. That's probably the goal for the Texas Longhorns if I had to pinpoint a goal. And you want Quinn Ewers to be that quarterback if you're trying to reach that goal by the end of the season, get him developed. And you talk, we're going to get into like specifics here, but he has the long ball capabilities. He has the arm talent and he has the awareness. But the problem is, He's still going through the growing pains. He's still committing a lot of turnovers in camp, a lot of interceptions. But I do think it is the right decision for the Texas Longhorns. He's the most talented quarterback that the Longhorns have. And I think it will work out for the Longhorns in the end. But with as Longhorn fans, they don't like to do this. You've got to be patient. You've got to wait. It's probably not going to look pretty the first couple of weeks, if I'm going to be honest. But if you, if you tell me it's going to look good in week nine, week 10, I would probably agree with you, and I would say it's going to work out for Texas. But, Mike, talk me through just – you mentioned it quickly before we move on to the next topic. Just why did Steve Sarkeesian make this decision for Quinn Ewers instead of Hudson Card? Because it looked like when you were reading with the camp and the reports that Hudson Card was the safer choice. Yeah, I mean, it is probably true that Card was the safer choice. I mean, he's – not turning the ball over as much as Ewers has been in camp. But Sark took Ewers for a reason. You know, Sark wants to run his offense a certain way. And in order to do that, you need a quarterback like Quinn Ewers. You need a big arm. You need a, You need the threat of the deep ball. You Hudson Carr does not present defenses with the threat of a deep ball. And Sark wants to throw it deep. He said that last year with when he had uh, Hudson Carr and Casey Thompson, but they weren't able to do it. Ewers gives them that ability to be able to throw it deep. And they're not going to throw it deep on every play, but the defense that they're playing against still has to accept the fact that, you know, they can throw it deep on every play. So we're going to have to play our safeties back a little bit. Ewers has that arm where they're, they're just going to, they're just going to have to be aware of the deep ball. They're not, they would not have been aware of the deep ball with Hudson card. And so I think it opens up the playbook a little bit more, um, Sark does want Ewers to eventually 
just be the guy. And it's it's good to get him started right now and uh, let him go through the growing pains of being a young, inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, and I think, Mike, you made a good segue into our next topic about the deep ball as we're talking about injuries for the Texas Longhorns. One big name, probably the biggest name on the injury block for the Longhorns that they it just devastating loss if you're a Texas Longhorn fan is losing the transfer wide receiver Isaiah Nair from Wyoming, deep threat capabilities, huge playmaking, high potential guy that is made and built for the big play down the field passes, especially from a guy now that would have been like Quinn Ewers. Uh, talk about, just to the viewers, the impact of losing a guy like Nair, who's going to now replace Nair at the wide receiver position, and can Texas really overcome that injury, or do you think it's going to really hurt them throughout this season and will maybe affect their win-loss total by a game or two? Yeah, well, I can't overstate how significant of a loss Isaiah Nair is. I mean, he was a huge missing piece in the offense last year. Texas didn't have a big play threat really at all last year. You know, they had talented receivers, but they didn't have a guy that could truly take the top off a of defense and make defenses scared whenever he steps on the field. And Nair was going to be that guy that you can just just tell him to go downfield and with a guy like yours probably hit him in stride. And now they don't have that anymore. So that's going to really hinder this offense, I think, a lot. And we're going to notice it in the playbook and possibly in the record total at the end of the season. Uh, how big of a loss Isaiah Nair is because not only now do the does a defense not have to be aware of that threat in Isaiah Nair, they also have to they also can pay more attention to guys like Jordan Winton and, and Xavier Worthy. I mean, there's going to be guys that are going to play obviously at that position, but none of them bring as nearly the kind of talent level that Isaiah Nair brings. So they're going to defenses are going to have an easier time locking down a guy like Whittington or Worthy and not have to worry about a, a big play, big body guy like Isaiah Nair. So it's a huge loss, and I do think it's going to affect the win total in the end of the season, unfortunately. But injuries happen. You can't plan for these things. And the injury is significant, but how Texas responds might be even more significant because when adversity struck last season, it did not go the way that fans would have hoped. But how they respond with an injury like Isaiah Nair is – as significant as the injury itself. Yeah, 100%. There were other injuries that also have impacted the Texas Longhorns. Mike, I know you want to talk about the on the line of scrimmage, one of the big loss that the Longhorns experienced, and who could replace as we get into the guy that got injured for the Longhorns in uh, junior Anglau. Excuse me if I pronounced his name incorrectly, but three-year starter, veteran guy on the line of scrimmage. He gets hurt for the whole year. It was more not just losing him. It's more about the depth that they lose with the injury, and now you have to probably you know, push Cole Hudson to play a lot more, the true freshman. Um, you don't have that you know, and then Jake Majors as well at the center position, which is going to be huge for Texas Longhorns, snapping the football. You don't really have other guys to replace them now. The depth is a big concern for the Longhorns. And, you know, with the explosiveness that you have now in the quarterback in Quinn years, you got the Heisman candidate, B. John Robinson in the backfield. You need to be able to block, and there's some major concerns on the offensive line of scrimmage. Yeah, and an uh, injury to the offensive line is not something Texas could have risked uh this late in the fall camp. Angelo is a very significant loss because he is, he is a veteran guy. He's a leader 
And with an offensive line that's breaking in some some young guys, you you need that veteran uh, presence. Losing a guy like Anglo is going to make cohesion on the offensive line a lot more difficult. Um, it's forcing a guy like Hudson, like Cole Hudson, who's had a great offseason as a true freshman, but now you're going to thrust him into a starting role um, at right guard. So, you know, it can work out, but it also could not. It's probably going to make everyone's job everyone's job on the offensive line harder when you lose a veteran like Angelo. And you mentioned Jake Majors at center. Angelo was going to be the guy behind Majors to snap the football if Majors were to go down. That He was the only other guy on the offensive line that the, that the staff trusted to uh, snap the football. So now Texas fans have to pray that Majors doesn't go down because if he does, there is slim pickings behind him at the center position, and it could spell disaster if, if Majors does go down now. But, so yeah, big loss. Um, it's it's – we knew that offensive line wasn't going to be prettier, especially early on in the season, but now it could be just a little bit worse. Yeah, and, you know, every team goes through injuries in camp. You know, no one comes through it camp unscathed. There's going to be injuries also throughout the year. It's how you, you know, define those injuries, how you improve, and who steps up into those roles coming in. And if you're a Texas Longhorn fan, the hope is that they won't, have what happened last year where if they face adversity whether it's on the field or off the field it affects them in their performance and hopefully the Longhorns have put that aside them they have the right guys they want in the program now and they start building towards the future again you know Mike we've talked about this it's not going to be a finished successful product this season it's going to take a few years for them to win you know 10 plus games big 12 championships compete for a college football playoff or a New Year's Six Bowl. It's not going to happen this year, most likely. doesn't mean it can't happen because the sport's crazy. We've seen it. But for for right now, you know, try to build, get to eight wins maybe, and build, keep your recruits built for the future. So we'll see. Mike, before we get into the camp storylines, and we'll get into a fun segment for you guys at the end of the show, Let's talk about a few injuries that are not for the end of the year, but they happened as well during fall camp, specifically Roshan Johnson. Luckily, he probably will be back before the start of the season. Not a huge injury. And then Alfred Collins uh, also missing a few games to start the season. Hopefully you have him back by week three, week four. We'll see how his progress goes in that. Mike, talk me through just how Texas is going to handle specifically the Alfred Collins uh, missing him for a few games. Who's going to step up in his position? Yeah, Alfred Collins. I mean, it's a pretty significant injury, but I know Sarkeesian still really likes the depth that he has on the interior. Um, Vernon Broughton has been the guy that seems like to step up in place of Collins since uh, he went down. And uh, from from all indications, he's had a really strong camp. So I think I think he's going to be ready to uh, to go in, in place of Collins and who knows, maybe even stick with the starting position when Collins comes back. We'll see. Um, so I'm not too concerned there. Um, Collins, it's unfortunate because I did think he really needed this camp to take that next step. So I think this could hinder his development a little bit, um, but I still feel okay about the interior overall. Um, I'm right next to right next to Vernon Broughton is is Byron Murphy. I'm where I know we're going to get into the camp segment in a bit, but I just want to mention Byron Murphy because it seems like he's having the camp that that I thought he could have. He's he very well could be the best defensive player on the roster right now. Keandre Coburn said that today. He thinks Byron Murphy's the best defensive player on the roster. 
Um, so I think he's going to be fantastic. I know his tackle seems to already have locked down that position. And so I'm happy about that. I feel, I feel pretty good about uh, the two interior spots right now. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the camp storylines. There's always so many things that, you know, we could discuss, but Texas is starting to nail down specific positions for the start of the year, because Mike, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're only 15 days away from the season opener in DKR uh, against Louisiana Monroe. We'll get, we'll preview that game. Don't worry. Probably next week or the week after, right before the game gets going. But Let's talk about a few storylines before we get into a fun betting segment, specifically with the Big 12. First, we got to talk about, as we mentioned earlier in the show, the wide receiver position, losing Isaiah Nair, you know, that third really big threat option at wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns. There are a few names out there that could definitely replace him, probably not going to be as great and as scary as Isaiah Nair, but... They are still very good guys, very talented, could easily make some big plays down the stretch, and Quinn Ewers will use them at his disposal, no doubt. But the question is, who's going to be that third guy? Troy O'Meary, Casey Kane, or Tariq Milton? Mike, I want to get your opinions on this, but my pick, if I had to pick someone, Tariq Milton would be my pick. So there you have it. That's who I'm going to go with as well. Okay, okay. I feel good about my pick now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk about the first two guys first, though. I mean – if if it was if Sark had it his way and Isaiah Nair still went down, I think he would rather have Troy O'Meary or Casey Kane be the guy because they're kind of more built like Isaiah Nair. Uh, they can possibly provide a big body, deep play threat, but they're extremely unproven. I mean, Troy, neither of them have started a game in their Texas careers. Troy O'Meary's torn his ACL the past, the last two seasons. Um, he's never played a snap at Texas, even though he had a ton of potent, potential coming out of high school. Um, and even if he does, even if he does play the season, he's not going to be the same. Um, he's not going to be what he could have been, uh, if he hadn't torn his ACL twice at uh, Casey Kane, we've heard some pretty good things about him this off season, but he hasn't really played much at all in his career at Texas. So, um, I think we're going to see more of him now that I, Nair's uh, done for the year, but he's still extremely unproven. So Tariq Milton is the guy that has all the experience. He doesn't play the same position as Nayor, but I do think what they're going to do is I think they're going to probably start Tariq Milton in the slot now and possibly push Jordan Whittington out to the outside where Isaiah Nayor would have been. As Tariq Milton's not a big body guy. He's not a deep threat uh, outside wide receiver. He's a slot guy, but um, outside of Whittington Worthy, he has the, the most experience on this in this Texas wide receiver room. So he's probably the guy that the staff trusts the most uh, to make up the production um, that would have been seen from Isaiah Nair. So I think what they're going to do is I think you're going to see Milton start out in the slot and Whittington would have been there, but I think you're going to see him push to the outside a little bit more now. Yeah. And I think that because Quinn Ewers is starting specifically and especially is that you're going to have trust a guy in Tariq Milton who has that experience being a top tier wide receiver at the college football level. You need to have guys around Quinn Ewers to kind of make the transition flow just a little bit easier instead of maybe some unproven guys like, as you mentioned, Casey Kane and Troy O'Meary. Doesn't mean they can't be good and can't be successful with the Longhorns, but they haven't shown that haven't played a game you know, in the burnt orange uniform, you know, starting out. So we'll see how that goes, how this transition happens. But Mike, 
Texas looking pretty good at the wide receiver position, even though with the loss about with Isaiah Nair, and they got some top-tier wide receivers for some explosive plays. I think the offense, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, it's going to be just fine for the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I don't think it's going to be nearly as explosive as it yeah. would have been with Nayor, but I still think it's going to be fine. I mean, you got Sarkeesian, you know, he's an offensive genius. This, this, the offense didn't look great at times last year, but they still put up pretty ridiculous numbers. So I think the offense is going to be fine. Uh, I don't think inevitably that's going to be the reason why Texas loses some games this season. Yeah, and with the offense in mind, the biggest thing is making sure they have protection with viewers and B. John Robinson, the backfield, the O-line. And we got to talk about this offensive line for the Texas Longhorns. The left tackle position between Andre Carrick and Kelvin Banks, it looks like Banks has already won the job. I don't know if it's officially been announced yet. I don't think it has, but I think Banks is going to win the position. And then talk me through, Mike, the other how the other freshmen – offense alignment are doing in camp and who might see a lot of playing time at, with the start of the season happening so soon. Yeah. Well, Banks, uh, he's really kind of been everything that people have expected uh, once he stepped on campus. I mean, um, he's a five-star coming out of high school and he was probably the most college ready uh, guy of all these talented true freshman offensive linemen. So I knew he was going to push Andre Carrick at the left tackle position, probably win it. And it seems like he has done that. He's receiving all the first team left tackle reps in practice already. So that's great to see. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's young. He's going to go through lumps also, but I think he's going to work out extremely well at the left tackle position um, once he does develop a little bit more. And, you know, the other true freshman offensive linemen, they're all doing great. I mean, they're all super talented and they're all having, they're all having great camps, really. Um, there's guys like Cole Hudson that we've mentioned before who, is probably going to be starting at right guard now. Uh, he was the only summer, or sorry, he was the only spring enrollee of the seven freshman offensive linemen. So he had an extra month of practice uh, to really solidify himself in this offense. So the staff really trusts him uh, more than anybody to really take over that right guard position. Um, he's going to be young also, but um, I think it's going to work out well in the end. Some other uh, freshman offensive linemen who I think are doing fantastic is Cam Williams, uh, who's giving Christian Jones a serious push at the right tackle position. Um, I just don't think that the staff is going to start three true freshmen on the offensive line in week one. I don't think there's any way that happens. I think Cam Williams could eventually take over at right tackle before the season ends, but it's not going to happen uh, week one, that's for sure. But um, I'm hearing, hearing great things about all the freshmen. Uh, I think the, the future – remains extremely bright on the on along the offensive line but it's just going to take a little while before we get there yeah and then you know moving on with the longhorn positions as we move to edge here we've taught you you've talked a lot about baron sorrell before camp he's probably going to get one of the spots at the edge position along with ov ogefu um as we're starting to narrow down these positions for the longhorns as the season's coming so close to starting and then true freshman Ethan Burke has really shined during camp. If you want to talk about him a little bit at edge, he'll probably play a lot more than expected. He's been really good the last couple of weeks in fall camp. Yeah. Um, Baron Sorrell has had the, the camp that I expected he would have. Uh, uh, we heard great things about him and he seems to have solidified one of the starting edge positions and Texas has some options. They're all ex inexperienced options behind 
uh, Ovi and Sorrell and a guy like Ethan Burke is someone I haven't mentioned yet, but someone that seems to probably be getting some more looks off the edge than previously thought. Um, you know, he, I believe his first year playing football was either last year or the year before that. He only played lacrosse before that. He didn't turn into a full-time football player until either his second or last season of high school. So he hasn't really played a lot, but he has enormous potential because he's he's like six foot seven, two sixty something. Um, so he's enormous potential off the edge. He just has to grow into his frame a little bit, but it sounds like he's really starting to develop uh, early in camp and uh, seems to be pushing for uh, some pl- from, for some serious playing time. Yeah, and then as we're moving on here, before we get to our last segment of the Big 12 betting picks and props here, Mike, let's talk about the nickel position. Uh, true freshman Jalen Gillibal has continued to shine during fall camp. He has really been exceptional for the Texas Longhorns, and he's pushing really hard at Jade Barron at the nickel position. What do you think about that, and when are they going to make a decision, do you think? And then the other um, mention that we have to talk about, sophomore Jameer Johnson is another name that's really been good again for the Longhorns, and then he's pushing Ryan Watts. So talk me through those specific battles. Who do you like to come out from that? Yeah, well, I'm really happy about what we've heard about Gilbo. I mean, um, he had a fantastic spring as an early enrollee before he got suspended. So, I mean, the concern was is whether he's going to be back to um, how he was in spring and pushing for a starting job. And it seems like he's fully back and fully – committed to the team and um it sounds like he's he's been one of the best true freshmen uh so far in this offseason I don't think he's going to start at nickel um I think John Barron's still probably the best guy on the team in the secondary but Gilbo's going to play a lot I think he's going to play a lot at nickel and he's probably going to uh play some at corner as well so happy to hear about his development I think he's on a fantastic uh trajectory could be a a future star on this team and Jameer Johnson. Yeah. I haven't talked a lot about him, but um, he was a true freshman last season. Didn't play a lot. Um, kind of got overlooked a little bit, but he's had a, a really strong off season. Uh, he's really pushing himself. And it sounds like he's giving uh, Ryan, Ryan Watts, the Ohio state transfer, a serious push for, for one of the starting cornerback positions. I still think it's going to be Ryan Watts. Um, but uh, it's it's good to hear uh, how how far Jameer Johnson's come along to provide some pretty solid depth. Um, so I'm I'm feeling better about the corner nickel positions than I have uh, before. Still very concerned about the safety positions though. Yeah, and you know we'll discuss that as the season gets even closer next week. But Mike, we're going to get into some betting. You know, I really want to incorporate a little bit of betting fun into this podcast as the season gets going. Let's you know, we're talking about Texas Longhorns, so let's talk about the Big 12 Conference overall. You know, I think we're going to what we're going to do here before we wrap up the show is going to have two or three betting picks from each of us and then, you know, why we like it. So I'm going to start with you, Mike. What are a few betting picks that you're liking in the conference as it gets going? All right. Well, my first one is one that Texas fans will not enjoy hearing. Close your ears. (laughs) And that is the under on hmm. Texas win total. Uh, the current consensus line right now, I believe, is 8.5. It dropped down from 9. Um, and, you know, I, I like this under number just in large part because of some of the things that have cons- 
transpired in camp, the most significant being Isaiah Nair's injury. I talked about earlier how I think that injury specifically is going to impact Texas's record at the end of the season. I think it, I think it does drop the ceiling on this team uh, pretty considerably. With Nair, I would have probably said that Texas has as good a chance of anyone to win the Big 12 title this season. But I just I don't see the offense being nearly as explosive as it as it could have been with Nair. I think that's going to hurt a lot. And also, I mean, the things that we've heard about Quinn turning the ball over enough that hasn't really given me much confidence that uh, maybe he he's going to hit a ceiling this season. He still could, um, but I have a few more questions about Quinn Ewers that I might have had before, and uh, that has me leaning toward the the under on this number as well. Okay, I like that. And uh, what's another pick that you like for the Big 12 betting props and picks section of the podcast? Yeah, the second pick I'll go to is uh, West Virginia's over. Their line currently is sitting at five okay. and a half on most books. And I like this over not because I don't, not because I think West Virginia is going to contend for the Big 12 title, but I still think they have a pretty underrated team overall. Um, they got JT Daniels, the highly touted quarterback, um, who lost his starting job at Georgia and he's had injury trouble throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's, he's fantastic. When he's healthy, you see why he was so highly rated out of high school. You know, if he's healthy for six games or however many games he is this season, I think West Virginia is going to win, win some, some more ball games than they did last year. And an underrated stat about West Virginia that might get overlooked is they return all five of their starting offensive linemen from last season. And that is huge when you're breaking in a new quarterback. Um, so I think that cohesion on the offensive line matched with the improved quarterback play is going to allow this over to hit on West Virginia's win total. Okay. So I like your picks. I don't know if the viewers like your first pick. <laughs> I, you know, I don't really want to go too much into that over or under eight and a half. It was at nine, but it's dropped to eight and a half. And I think it's now at minus odds for the under eight and a half with the Nayer injury, which uh, if you were smart enough or, you know, if you wanted to bet the under, you would have got a plus money. Uh, but anyway, let's get into my betting picks. First one I like, I'm going to do a conference winner because those are always juicy odds. Right now, Oklahoma is the favorite, I believe, to win the conference just slightly. But I'm going to go with the Oklahoma State Cowboys to win at plus 550. Spencer Sanders returns, and I think he is the best quarterback in the conference coming into this season. He is a preseason first-team All-American in the Big 12 Conference. They also return on the offensive receiving core. Seven of their eight wide receivers from last year's group. Brennan Presley, I think, is going to have an excellent season for the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. And then let's talk about their defense. I mean, their defense was top tier in the Big 12 last year. They return a lot of those guys from last year. They have some nice recruits coming back or coming into the program as well. Even though they lose Malcolm Rodriguez, who was fantastic last year, they have enough talent this year to get it done. I like it at plus 550, plus 600, whatever you can get at it. I mean, just good odds for, honestly, I think it's a toss-up between Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor to win the Big 12. So plus 550, I think it's a lot of great value if you had to ask me to win the Big 12 Conference. And the other pick, Mike, I know you're going to like this pick because you've been really high on them uh, in or off 
you know, off podcast conversations, Kansas State over six and a half. This team is really good. Probably the sleeper team in the Big 12. West Virginia and Kansas State are probably the two sleeper teams in the Big 12. So credit to ourselves, myself and Mike, for getting those picks out to you guys for the winners because they are the two sleepers in this conference, I believe. Over six and a half, and I think not bad value. I'm not sure what the minus odds are, but it's probably only like minus 130. I'm pretty sure. sure. So, you know, 1.5 to 1, not that bad at all. K-State should be really, really good. I think Texas is going to lose to them if I had to predict that game. So keep that in mind. But, you know, Mike, before we wrap up the show, we're going to get really into, you know, incorporating some bets, some props, some picks into our podcast just at the end of the show to keep it light, keep it fun, you know, as we get into some games and some action. We'll have a lot of that next week on the week zero when we got to talk about some actual games, some actual spreads. It's really exciting. Mike, what any last takeaways as we get just so close next week, by the way, when we do this podcast, we're going to be one or two days whenever we record from college football back on the big screen. How do you feel? Well, I'm, I'm pumped at it, but first I want to say, I, I do love your K-State pick, by the okay. way. You know, thank you. Thank you. Um, a few weeks ago when uh, Longhorns country did their uh, Kansas state predictions, yes. I was the Check only, those out. Yeah. I was the only writer that picked the Longhorns to win that game, but I've been since highly doubting my decision to pick the Longhorns to win. Um, you know, I can't stay. They have a, a, talented roster led by uh arguably the best running back in the country in Deuce Vaughn um and the games on the roads and uh in some recent news on on the Texas side uh I, I could be now leaning toward Kansas Kansas State uh, unfortunately for Longhorn fans so I love I love to pick at him um but yeah you know I'm 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 super pumped for for the season uh I'm gonna be probably emptying the bank account in the in the next week or so as I, I i look at some of these lines uh, there's there's nothing better than betting some preseason props um check out what the experts are saying so i'm i'm super i'm super pumped it's so close i uh, can't believe it i know cannot believe it myself either mike we are so close next week we'll have a great podcast show for you don't make sure to check it out we'll be previewing all the final storylines for the texas longhorns as they'll only be just over a week away and then we're going to give you some preview some betting picks as well for the week zero matchup specifically the nebraska illinois game taking place in ireland because casey thompson was just named the starter for the nebraska cornhuskers former texas longhorn quarterback from last year so we'll get into that make sure to check it out but Guys, this podcast is available on all podcast platforms, wherever you check out your podcast. So make sure Longhorn Country, type in the name, you know, put in the speaker, say Longhorn Country Podcast. For myself, Adam Glick, from Michael Gresser, thank you so much for joining us. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your relatives, tell people you don't even like. I mean, just it's a great podcast. And I hate to beat a dead horse here, but thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with some previews about the Texas Longhorns finaling up fall camp, and then as well as the Week 0 matchups. For myself, Adam Glick, for Michael Gresser, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. College football on the big screen, coming to a theater to you soon. I probably said that wrong, but that's okay. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.